0: Decode your burnout fans, and welcome to another episode with me, Dr. Sharon Grossman. And today I am joined by Dave Lucas. He is a serial entrepreneur, bestselling author, investor, and founder of the Misfit Entrepreneur podcast that's listened to in 140 countries. He's also the author of the Amazon bestseller, The 10 Year Career, the fast track to retiring young, wealthy, and fulfilled. Dave is an accomplished endurance athlete, achieving a ranking of top 5% in the world in Ironman. And he's completed, um, uh, which is completed really throughout the globe and in the Ironman World Championships. And if that weren't enough, he's also an accomplished investor in real estate and stock investing. Now through his 12 minute trading system. Dave's mentored, educated, and trained thousands of students worldwide on how to create income from the stock market. And he's here today to share how you can do the same, how you can build your wealth in 12 minutes a day, which is really important, especially if you are somebody who is only staying in your job, even though you're miserable, because you don't have that added stream of income. So this is going to be really juicy. So Dave, (laughs) welcome to the show.
1: Sharon, it's a pleasure to be on. It's a pleasure to be on with everybody out in the audience as well, too.
0: Yeah, so um I'm excited to have you for a number of reasons, but um you know, I had the pleasure of speaking on your podcast and mm-hmm. I thought it'd be really cool to have you come on and share a little bit. I mean, you've done so many things. And I know that some of the people listening to my show are also serial entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. They are high achievers. They are people who are go-getters and you know, along with that, along with that territory, as we say, often comes burnout, because there's a lot yep. of pressure and stress. And so uh, I'd love to hear, first of all, if you have a burnout story, if you've experienced it yourself, or if not, what's allowed you to kind of sidetrack that?
1: Oh, gee, which which time of burnout should we talk about? Um so you know, over the years, uh, I've built a number of different companies, right? So everything from large software companies and 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 sold them all the way through to you know real estate holding companies, investing companies, funds, and different things. And so I, I think everybody realizes if you're an entrepreneur and you've been in the game for a while, you're going to reach periods where you just have too much on your plate there's, it's just, it's the nature of entrepreneurship. Um, it's the nature of, of building something, especially in the earlier stages. Um, it's kind of a rite of passage. You kind of have to go through and you have to deal with where you've got multiple jobs on your plate at any one time. And if you run multiple businesses, obviously it compounds, right? So there's been a lot of times where I've just been burned out. In fact, after selling my last business, the, the, the um, software company, we'd build that to do business in about 60 countries. I took a year. Off, I, I just had to take a year off um, before kind of getting into anything else, and and that was actually really good. I was able to kind of work on myself a little bit, spent a lot more time on my Ironman pursuits and that, and my health and that sort of thing, and, and then you know started back into some of the other things that I do now. And so you know, for me, I, I I learned to realize when I'm recognizing those periods and getting to where I'm burned out, and and have gotten to a point where I can hold up my hands and say, okay. I need a break or I need to stop or I need to invest in this area. And yes, maybe it takes away from some of the profitability or something for a business that I'm growing, but it's needed to keep things going because you have to build a business eventually to replace yourself. And the only way to get there is you got to be able to stay in the game, right? And so um, for me, it was a hard lesson to learn, but over the years, I've learned it pretty well and, and now manage things really, really well around it.
0: So you've said a few things, one of which is I like this, this kind of idea of you got to stay in the game. And sometimes when that means that you've got to be on in order to Mm -hmm. make the business be successful so that you can step out, you've got to like show up and do a million things and you sound to me definitely like a doer, right? Not just in your <laughs> business and like doing all these different businesses, but also in your personal life and really taking yep. that challenge of doing the Iron Man. Now, not everybody knows this, but tell us uh, just to kind of reiterate the point, what is an Iron Man? What does that actually entail for you know for all of us um who are <laughs> just stuck at our desks all day long? So we can really appreciate yeah. the effort that it takes.
1: Well, Ironman is the world's, uh, most competitive, uh, one day in in endurance race. It's a 2.4 mile swim followed by 112 mile bike, um, followed by a marathon as fast as you can do it essentially. So it's uh, 140.6 miles, um, in a day as fast as you can do it. And believe it or not, for me, that actually is how I relax training, and doing those events, I have actually helps to relax me because if anybody's an entrepreneur that, you know, is more of kind of that that type A or, or you know, if you're a fan of personalities like the disc, you know, the kind of the, the D, the dominant personality, which which I am, um, you always have something going on in your mind, right? There's always things to do. There's always things that are, you know, coming at you and that you're thinking about and stuff like that. And it's amazing, like, after you know, five miles into a a 15 mile run or something like that, my mind calms, like it goes blank, like all those worries and the things that are there in the back of my mind, all that starts to just kind of seep away and, and go away from me. And so that's actually when I find my Zen, if you will, and, and get to relax uh, more, right. And just the, the pounding of my feet on the pavement, you know, that's all I hear and the rhythmic of it and all that. So, you know, for me, it's actually become my way of, of reducing stress, relaxing and that sort of thing. And, you know, I enjoy competing in, in all of that stuff too. And, and, you know, events are, you know, obviously a pretty big deal at this point, you know, with, with, getting up in the rankings, but it's the training of it and stuff that I do on a daily basis that actually gives me that, that time off from things and helps me, um, step back from, you know, business side of things and stuff like that and relaxes me and and, and everything else. And so um, it's interesting, you know, that that doesn't work for everybody. That's what works for me. But um, it's made a huge difference in my life just, you know, having that as part of it. And that's one of the reasons that I still do it and, and enjoy doing it because it's a lot of work, right? You know, some days I train, you know, six, seven, eight hours in a day. Especially exactly. as I'm getting close, it's like to, a full-time
0: job, right there. Yeah,
1: especially as I'm getting close to an event, right? So, yeah, it's a commitment, like anything else, but it's a discipline. Um, and if I, if I may, that's one thing that I, I did learn about how to avoid burnout many, many years ago when I was working like 90 plus hour weeks, you know, um, in, in building these business. In fact, that's how I started doing trading the way that I do it because I didn't have time to sit in front of a computer all day. Mm-hmm. I had to do it in a few minutes a, a day. But the thing that I learned, the thing that made the most difference for me mm-hmm. um, was one, learning to understand my conditioning and controlling my thoughts and actually living from true choice, which we'll talk about here probably a little bit later. But the second thing is I took back my time. So if you're if you're like where I was, um, and a lot of you are out there, whether you work in a job or you are an entrepreneur, you have a calendar right? And you start that week with that calendar, and you've got some things on that calendar and everything else, right? And you kind of know what your week looks like, right? Maybe you've done some prep, that sort of thing. But as the week goes on, all of a sudden, it's amazing how that calendar starts to fill up. People start to take this time and that time and this time. And all of a sudden, where you thought you had a free few hours, it's gone, right? And so... And that just leads, it compounds on itself, right? It's hard to get anything done. In fact, if you've ever been in that position where you know you just feel like you've got a million things to do and you're not sure where to start, right? And it just seems like it's compounding on itself and you can't catch up. Usually it's because that's been happening to you. And um, the solution to that, by the way, is to just stop and write everything down uh, and get your thoughts out on paper. But what I did is I took back my time. So I actually took that calendar and I started blocking out Training time, like for Iron Man, and you know, time for me, time for lunch, time for family, and and took all these things and all these time periods on the calendar, and basically said these are off limits. What's left is what other people get to have for me, and that really changed everything for me. I went from you know working ninety-hour weeks to a lot less than that, learning to delegate, um, but also training people when I'm available, and also making them more, um, uh, independent and, uh, you know, uh, be able to be resourceful and figure out things for themselves instead of relying on me for everything.
0: There's just, I mean, we gotta, we gotta rewind because there's just like a lot <laughs> that you just said. And I want to go back to the beginning, which is how you started doing these trainings. And even though you're a doer and you're somebody who, you know, uh, was working many, many hours, The movement is what allowed you to relax. And, Mm -hmm. you know, oftentimes when we hear about people who are stressed, what do they tell us? They tell us, you know, you need to de-stress. You need to meditate, slow down, calm yourself down. And I think there is... Benefit to that. But I don't think there's enough emphasis on what you just said, which is super important. I keep hearing people talk about it over and over again. And I think this is going to be important, not just for people who are thinkers, who are stuck in the analysis paralysis, for you especially, yes, but also the feelers are dealing with all kinds of thoughts that lead to guilt and resentment Mm -hmm. and the doers are stuck with all of these should statements about how much more they should be doing that they're not doing enough and and then thinking about all the things that they have on their plate etc so i think regardless of what your type is you need to find a way to shift out of thinking mode. And oftentimes when we focus on our bodies and moving our bodies in any shape, you know, in any kind of way, whether it's uh, sports, whether it's dance, whether it's yoga, whatever works for you. What I hear over and over again is people saying that when I do that, that's the only time that I'm not in my head, right? Because we got to focus on what we're doing in terms of the movement and your brain can't be in two places at one time.
1: So yeah, that's actually fact,
0: a really important strategy for people who are stuck in that constant stress that comes from the mind.
1: There's a lot of science actually behind the what exercise does for your brain and for your body and the oxygenation that you get and, and everything else. In fact, I, I break my day up. Um, to where most days I have two training sessions a day, hour, hour and a half at least, right? So I actually break my day up because I've learned when I'm at my best and when I'm, you know, not as effective And so I place those uh, training sessions around that so that like I I typically train my first session in the morning, then I've got what I call kind of my magic period for a couple hours where I'm really focused because I'm uh, really awake, um, oxygenated, you know, blood's flowing. And so that two hour block is uh, really where I'm most productive. And so I spend, you know, I I probably knock out most of my to do list for the day during that time. Um, And then you can only go so long, right? You've you've heard the... um, you know, the, the uh, law of d- diminishing returns, right? Yes. So, uh, over, you know, the, the if you spend six hours in a chair, by the time you get towards the, you know, third or fourth or fifth hour doing stuff, you're just not as good. Right. Because you've been, you've been, you need a break. And so then I take a break and and I typically, that's when I do my next training session. And that wakes me up for like into the afternoon where I need to be productive. Maybe I've got meetings, different things, a podcast, stuff like that. And so for me, that's, that's kind of how I've learned to uh, again, manage me and, you know, keep myself on my game throughout the day. Instead of having those ups and downs that a lot of people have, you know, like the doldrums that people get after they eat lunch and stuff right, like that, exactly. I don't experience that sort of thing um, because I kind of set things up so that I don't have to. And, and but I when I when I am working and when I do work, I am highly concentrated and no distractions and you know very very disciplined to get those things done that I need to get done. Um, it's amazing how much time we waste, right? And so I've, I've learned to also get kind of exponentially more done um, in the focused time that I have than, you know, most people would, would do it in a day in, in a lot of cases. And that's just from practicing and, and learning over the years.
0: Well, I do. This is what I appreciate about you, Dave, is I think a lot of people know that these strategies are out there because we've all read books and we've read blogs and we've Googled things and we've heard other people talk about it. Kind of like you're saying, you know, schedule your stuff in advance, write things down, you know, delegate. Like we, I mean, we've all heard- I
1: literally I'm old school. I literally write my week out on paper and nice. cross myself off as I go through wait, each day. Wait still, for it. Wait still, for it. There you go. See, <laughs> still. it. And and, and, it, and it, that and there's a lot of science behind that too. When you transfer your thought from the brain to what you have to do and write that down, um, you actually, it, it helps you to be more effective because like, even if you've heard, like at the end of your day, just writing down like the things you have to do tomorrow, while you sleep, your brain, your subconscious goes to work on those things, solutioning for them and stuff so that you can hit the ground running when you wake up. So a lot of people, if you don't do that, you kind of wake up and it's kind of like aimless. Like, what am I supposed to do? And then like, you kind of get it going and then you pick something and do it. Um It's a lot different that if you know, Hey, look, here are the eight things I got to get done today. And so boom, hit, hit, get the ground running from, from the moment you wake up. Um You'll be much more productive. So,
0: So what I was going to say is Go that, ahead. is that what I appreciate is that you don't just know these things like we all know them, but you actually live it. Now, here's the danger with the scheduling thing that you mentioned, right? <laughs> Is I, I mean, I, I think we all fall into this trap sometimes, including myself, where I'll put things on my calendar, kind of like you're saying, in order to account for all these different things. And then I just ignore it sometimes. Yes. <laughs> and so I, I think uh, I've back-
1: disciplined myself to pretty much stay in my times and stuff. But yeah. that's the beauty of it, though. But that's the beauty of it you are in control at that point. Yes. So you take responsibility. It's not so much now things are happening to me or that person stole my time or that because you're in control now. So you got to take responsibility for it at that point. So if you don't do what you're supposed to do during a time, okay, that's your choice, but you take responsibility for that, right? Absolutely. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. So I think um, it's not enough to just put it on your calendar, but you actually have to follow through on the things that are on your calendar. That is so, true. So with that, you know, we talked about movement, we talked about taking your time back. I love how when you are super busy working 90 hours a week, you are like, "Wait, it's not enough for me to work really hard and be successful. I also need to have an additional stream of income. I'm super busy. Who the hell has the time? <laughs> so, I'm going to figure out how to do this in 12 minutes or less."
1: Yeah, so uh, I'll kind of set this up for you. So as I was talking about, I was working extremely hard, but I was building businesses and I was having some success. So I was throwing off extra cash. And and so I needed to do something with it to grow it, right? We, want, you know, we all want to build wealth in some way. And so for me, I actually started originally in real estate and started okay. buying and holding real estate and still do to this day and everything. Um, but you don't want all your eggs in one basket. So I, there were some things that I really liked about real estate and some principles that I had figured out and learned on how to find great property and stuff. And so I said I wonder if I can take some of that to the stock market. And so I started investigating doing that. I started, you know, taking, you know, my money and investing it in the traditional ways that that people are taught to do, you know, buy stocks and and all that type of stuff. But I noticed that, you know, for as much as I put into it, I would make some money here, I would lose some money there. Would you know make some here, lose some there? I really didn't get anywhere in the markets, and that's something that you know happens to a lot of people. And I do. I, I, I. The one thing I had to unlearn, um, and we kind of alluded to it a few minutes ago, is that I, I come from the Midwest. We've got that Midwest mentality that you work really long and hard hours to to get to success, right? And, and you've got to do it well. I, I think in today's age that uh, that's just not true anymore, right? And I mean, there's people that make millions of dollars just by having a TikTok channel, right? So there's it's a completely different world that that we've come to. And I I know people that work very 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 hard and do great work, but they don't. I mean, they don't make more than fifty grand a year, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, and so it's not enough to work hard. You have to work very smart, but you have to be working on the right things. You have to have leverage in what you do. And so that's one of the things that that was one of my first epiphanies about the stock market is that there's tremendous leverage in uh, the stock market if you know how to find it and what you're doing. And so one of the first things that I realized was after buying for a while, um, if you buy a stock, how do you make money? And it's not a trick question. The stock has to go up or the mutual fund or whatever that is, right? And that's what people do. That's what people are ha- taught to do. That's what every marketing, you know, commercial tells you to do buy and hold and that sort of stuff. Right. And there's some there's some truth to the buy and hold over, you know, a long, long time until you get to a 2022, like we just saw, where the market loses 30% of its value. And then all of a sudden you're back to square one from all the returns that you had, right? Mm-hmm. And so the thing that I realized is that if you buy, you have a 33% chance of winning because the stock. Can go up, it can go down, or it can stay the same. And when I thought about that, the odds at a blackjack table in a casino are 46.36%. You're literally better off going to a blackjack table in Vegas from an odds perspective, right? Mm-hmm. And so as I thought about that, I said, well, well, geez, you know, if the if the odds are so stacked against you, you know, as a buyer, who's on the other side of that that has the 67%? Chance of winning because that's who I want to be. And that's the seller. And so I started looking at like, okay, well, how do I be a seller? Right. Well, there's some traditional ways I can take a company to market on the stock exchange and IPO, which I wasn't doing anytime soon back then. You know, I could be an accredited investor and get in on an IPO, which I back then I wasn't yet. And so I started to look at, and there's actually some specific types of trades in the market that you can do where you can actually be the seller. And not have to be accredited or be on an IPO and stuff. And so I started investigating those. And then I started looking at, okay, well, you know, how do I do this in the least amount of time and put the odds most in my favor? And so over the years, I've been doing this about 20 years now. And I started out with me just kind of figuring this stuff out, and then people learned what I was doing and asked me to teach them. And so I started a basically a newsletter, and people subscribed to it, and you know it grew from there to where you know twelve minute trading is is now kind of its own you know animal with its you know different services, and we've got trading rooms and that people follow our, you know our, our traders in those rooms and stuff like that now. Um, but the whole premise is built on on selling and putting the odds in your favor. So nowadays the trades that I do. Um, um, have over a 90 plus percent chance of winning. And so, and I, and wow. I actually published my, my track record back to 2013 now. And so I've had about a 93% win rate for, you know, since 2013, you know, from a trade standpoint and not a home run or not a home run guy base hits, right? So just base hit trades, you know, just a little adding up, adding up to those home run like returns. And so that's where we get into some of those myths that you were talking about and stuff, because, um, you know, a lot of people think that, um, there's you know that you're going to be go make a million bucks in the stock market in in the next week and, you know, that's happened a few times. There's a few unicorns that that hit something right, but they also have a serious edge and they typically have like an inside information and stuff, right? So what I do is I don't play in that, that mess. I don't try to predict where things are going to go. The way that I trade, I actually, uh, you know, don't really care which way the market goes. I win no matter which way it does. Um, and I just take those base hits like water dripping on a rock consistently. And I do it in less than 12 minutes a day. And that was the other thing that I realized is like, if I can just do this in just a few minutes a day and I can still build my businesses, I can do the other things that I do. I can set things up. I don't have to worry about it. And, um, you know, in that respect, I've learned to be really, really lazy. I want to do the least amount of work to make the most amount of money. And, um, you know, I've learned to do that and teach others to do it now. So so that's, that's a little bit about the trading side of it.
0: I mean, I, I think that just blew my mind. <laughs> right? Like to think about... That there's this other side of this equation that nobody's thinking about that gets you greater odds of winning. Like, is that really a thing?
1: Yeah. So, if you, I mean, think about it. Do you want to be the house or the gambler? Right. Yeah. You want to be the house because the house always wins over time. Right. Sometimes the gambler wins, but over time, the house always wins. Right. Sure. And so, in the markets, you know, uh, we, we do, you know, options selling strategies. So, anybody who's, got yeah, any familiar with, with the markets may have heard of options before, but you know, we teach people how to sell them and to put the odds in their favor and then stack those odds. It's almost like money ball for trading. It's in, in a lot of ways, it's kind of boring, right? You know, that's the other thing is like people think that um trading has all this excitement and, and all these type of things and stuff and honestly the best traders it's really boring and methodical and just that consistent like i said like water dripping on a rock you know and it just adds up over time it continues to rack those winds up over time and that's kind of what we do i'm a cash flow guy always have been built all my businesses from scratch uh cash flow businesses never taken any investment right Mm-hmm. um in that process and built them out of cash flow. So you know, building a cash flow stream is is what I look for and so that's what we do in in the markets on a daily basis.
0: So it's not like there's some magic holy grail that you have <laughs> to know in order to be able to trade. Like you actually teach people how to do it in a very methodical way mm-hmm. where there's less ups and downs and more uh, as you said, like 93% chance of actually making money.
1: Yeah, I mean, like they- I guess that you know, they call, let's call that myth one, right? There's this magic holy grail for success in the markets that everybody's chasing, and in reality, the holy grail is between your ears. Um, that's where that's the, the closest thing to holy grail you're going to get. Um, I think the uh, the issue with um, with trading and investing is it's very emotional.
0: Yeah.
1: And so there's a lot of logic that's lost when people invest their money because it's a very emotional subject, right? And so everybody is always trying to find you know, this this, this map. And, and additionally, we've now been conditioned in this instant society we live in, right? Like we stopped the microwave with three seconds left. We can't wait three seconds anymore. So we have to have it now, right? I got to take $1,000 and turn it into 100,000 right now, right? And it's just not, that's just not the case. It's just not how it works. You're never right. going to be better than like the Goldman Sachs of the world and these guys that are you know trading billions of dollars that literally have all the edge in, in the world over you right as a retail investor right these guys run fiber optic lines to their offices so a trade executes a quarter second faster you know so you're never going to beat all that so why try to compete against them right don't don't compete against them uh play where they're not right and that's what mm-hmm. that I, what I kind of figure out is to play where they're not so like for example. A trade that we do a lot of, like weekly and monthly basis and everything else, is a trade where we basically say, okay, look, the market's been in this range for some time, right? So it's, it's going up and down like this. Over the last six months, it stayed in this range like this. So what if we just go way up here with one of our trades and way down here with one of our trades, giving it even more range to go in and just sit there and- Let it do that over a specific period of time. And if it doesn't go up to my level up here or to my level down here, right, I win, right? So I'm basically not worried about whether it goes up, whether it goes down, whether it stays the same. All I care about is, hey, stay in that big range that I've just created for you for the next two months or the next month or the next week, and I'm fine. And when you think of it this way, you know, that's how we, that's how we do it. We just stack those odds. Most of the trades like that have a 96, 97% chance of winning out of the gate, the way that we stack the odds on them and teach people to do it. So again, I'm not trying to predict a stock going up or down or that sort of thing. I don't worry about it, right? I'm just like, Mm -hmm. hey, stay in that range for the next month and we're good. And so that's, that's, you know, that's, that's a better way to do it than to try to, you know, get things right. Because it's very, very hard to be right, right sure, sure
0: so. um now, um, what other myths would you say people have when it comes to this stuff?
1: Oh, the more complex, you know the the strategy, the better, right? So the more indicators that are chart, the more things that you have, you know, the more of these oscillators and indicators and chart setups and fifteen monitors and all that stuff. You must be really really good if you have all that, right? That that that'll get you to success. And, and honestly, it, it actually is one of the worst things people can do. As human beings, we make things way more complicated than they have to be. The truth is, is that to succeed in trading, the simplest path is the best path. I think Einstein said, make things simple, but not simpler. It's the same thing. I I trade with two indicators and a chart and that's all I use. I I used to be the guy who was like, oh, I need 15 different things. But the problem is, is that they all contradict each other and you can't make a decision.
0: This is coming from the guy who takes notes on paper.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Right. Keeping it simple. Right so I I I learned you know that I couldn't I you would have analysis paralysis you can't make decisions when you have five things telling you one thing and six yeah. telling you another it's it's yeah. really hard so in the markets if you are somebody who watches charts in the markets the only thing that matters is what price is doing and to a lot of people that doesn't make sense but when you've when you've watched uh stock market movement for a long time like like I have and, and the other traders that we have um, you start to understand how price moves and what it does over time, right? Price is going to run as far as it can in one direction. It's going to stop and turn around as far as it can in, one, in the next direction, right? So once you start to realize like the limitations of price and what stocks and in, in markets do over time, it gets a lot easier to pattern it and stuff. And then again, it makes it really easy to bracket it, right? And do these types of trades. So the simpler that we make it, the easier it is. And then I would say the, um, the other myth is... Um, is kind of where we started, right? The best way to make money is to just buy and hold. And it gets progressively harder to do that in today's world because we don't really have free markets anymore. I mean, look, every time the the chairman of the Fed speaks, markets either have a massive rally or they lose a, a a ton right the the market is very much controlled by things like the federal reserve and their decisions um you know and a, a lot of the big brokerage houses they they now there's zero day options that people trade so there's a lot of things happening that make it very hard for it to to truly function in in the the nature of Supply and demand, like we le- learned in economics, right? There's a lot of different variables that are at play all the time, and so um, you know, buying and holding gets harder and harder because we have more frequent boom and bust cycles, right? So we we have a boom one year, we have a crash the next year, and so where you you make a bunch, you give it back, you know, type thing. So if you're gonna buy and hold. That's that's fine, but you just have to be smart about your timing. When you when you do see markets reach all-time highs, that's probably a time to take some off the table because if we're at an all-time high, we're probably coming back down from there, right? That's typically yeah. what happens. Yeah. And so you just have to be be smart about that. But I, I'd prefer not to have to to worry about that. I'd I'd rather, you know, just collect my income stream on a weekly, monthly basis, um, and not have to be in and stay in for that long and in, you know, hope that things go a certain way,
0: right? Yeah. So you've said work, work smarter, keep it simple and play it safe. Sounds like some way to kind of wrap it up in terms of your (laughs) strategy of for success. And so I really appreciate you sharing this now. Now uh, clearly, you know what you're doing and you've got a track record. Um, And even though, uh, you've shared these things. There might be people listening to this that are like, yeah, but I still don't feel confident in doing it myself. So I'm sure that some listeners are going to want to reach out to you um, because I think this is something that you can teach them, correct?
1: Absolutely. So I mean, we do um it, we 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 have people all the time that have never traded these type of strategies. And so we provide a whole education for them when they become a member of our service. So it's like okay. beginner. You know on up that we do, and we offer free trials of of our different uh, services as well. So um, you know, it, it take a couple of weeks, check it out and that sort of thing. And so it's the thing that again, I have to go back to is that we again want everything now, right and yeah. the, and one thing I've learned as an entrepreneur over the years is that if you want to succeed, you have to play the long game, right? And in trading, you've got to take the time to learn. In fact, I tell new students paper trade for several months because you can do that with trading platforms. They'll give you a free paper money account, like fake Mm -hmm. money. And you can trade just like you're trading and and everything else and learn strategies and that sort of thing without putting real money at play, right? Take the time to do that. You're learning a skill that you can use the rest of your life and pass on for generations to come. Don't be in such a rush to make money, right? Because there's always time for that. Um, it's the learning and understanding that needs to come first. And if you actually take that to heart and do that, you can be a great, great investor in, in less than six months. And so that's the, that's the thing that I would tell people is that, you know, we'd love to have you check us out, you know, 12minutetrading.com. Um, and yes, do break it down to less than 12 minutes a day. But, um, but I think the, the, the key is to definitely, um, you know, take your time, and go into it from a, a learning aspect instead of the instant success that you have to have that, you know, I know is beating everybody, everybody's head these days. It's hard, right? It is, it um, but you have to delay gratification a little bit.
0: There's some emotional intelligence in there, <laughs> right? All <laughs> yeah. right. So uh, this is this is actually something that I think is really important to talk about because I can't tell you how many conversations I've had, especially with um, with physicians who are really burned out mm-hmm. and they kind of feel trapped because they've got this massive student loan and they feel like I can't walk away. I just spent 10 years studying all this stuff so that I can work and make money. And now I've got this massive loan that I gotta pay back. And so I have to stay in it, but it's really mm-hmm. hard to do the work that you were trained to do when you're exhausted and you're feeling resentful and things are just stressing you out so i'm i'm really hopeful that this provides a solution for that so that people can find ways of paying back that loan that allows them to breathe again and to maybe make better choices for themselves in terms of their career Um, So thank you for sharing all of that. Now, uh, when I was on your podcast, you asked me for my misfit (laughs) three. And, uh, and I really wanted to have you come on so that I can ask you the same. So first, maybe start us off by for people who aren't familiar with what misfit three is, what it means, and then uh, what are your misfit threes?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So at the at the end of the Misfit Entrepreneur podcast, uh, we do this thing called the Misfit Three. It's the one thing that's actually consistent in every episode. Every episode is different. There's like no set format. But the one thing we do is we have the Misfit Three. The way that I always frame this, uh, every guest that comes on the show is I, I basically say, look, if you were going to leave this earth tomorrow and you could only leave behind your three most important piece of uh, pieces of advice to the generations that come after you to help them live their best life, what would those three things be? Right, and they can be anything, right? They just have to be your three best pieces of advice. So that's what the misfit three is, and we get some some really great ones. You know, some of the the best ones are not business related or anything, right? Um, and so uh, it's always fun. And I, I never ask for them in advance. I don't want to know. I want to be genuinely surprised by them. So that's that's the misfit three. That's that's what we do. So
0: and what are your my misfit turn. three? Yes.
1: <laughs> so what are my misfit three? Right. That's the yep. question. Yep. So the first one is um, trust in God, but do not be afraid to question with boldness. Thomas Jefferson once said that, um, said question with boldness, even the very existence of God, because if there be one, he must more approve the homage of reason than that of blindfolded fear. Don't be afraid to question things. Don't be afraid to question the norm. Don't be afraid to not take things at face value. Um, and really dig and search and, f- and find that wisdom that exists out there for you. Um, the second one I kind of alluded to earlier is that the Holy Grail is between your ears. You must understand that you actually have been conditioned ever since you were a child. So the moment you come out of the womb, you had a clean slate, right? But if you ask yourself, like, where do my thoughts come from? Why do I think the things that I do? Why do I react the ways that I ask uh, or uh, react? And that comes from our conditioning. And a lot of what we get is, is good, right? Um, Parents, friends, media, culture, school, religion, family, all these things impact how we think and act in our natural reactions to things in our lives. And, you know, The the thing is, though, is that we can pick up some things that are debilitating to our success or way of thinking along the ways that can hold us back. And so, the key is to learn to live from true choice, right? Choosing the thoughts that you want to have and live by, not letting yourself be controlled by that condition that you don't agree with. And, you know, to me, that's the ultimate in personal power. It's been stated in a ton of different ways by everybody from Napoleon Hill and Think and Grow Rich to Socrates, even back to passages from the Bible. And so, you know, Take the time and really understand where your thoughts come from, why you think the way you do, why you react the way you do, and then start asking yourself, are these the thoughts I really want to have? Is this the way I want to really act in these situations? Or is there a better way for me? And then choose what that is and then start doing that. Right. It's not easy. I'm never going to say it is. It's a lifelong process, but it will change everything for you if you start to to do that. Um, And then the last one is um, ask yourself what you want. Most people never do this. Most people don't get what they want because they don't know what they want. So what do you truly, deeply want of your life, your relationships, your health, your wealth, and so on, right? Um, Literally take several hours, start writing it all down, question it with boldness, go Mm -hmm. deep, second, third, fourth, fifth level. If you need to, your first answers are typically not the real ones. So don't be afraid to confront yourself and work through those things that you've been scared to overcome, maybe for many years. It will, it will be the breakthrough of your life. So find out what you truly want. So those are my three.
0: Fantastic. And I think if there was one word that kind of ties everything that you've said together, it's that you're just an inquisitive person. You really like to think for yourself and um, go within to to find the wisdom. And so that's a beautiful thing. Dave, I as want my, to thank as you. my,
1: as my friend, uh, Ed Rush, who's a, uh, he was actually like, if, if you know Maverick and Top Gun, this guy was like the real life, uh, Top Gun, a Maverick, uh, yeah. he trained all the fighter pilots and everything. He says, don't be a hive minded lemming. <laughs> <laughs> don't follow everybody over the cliff. Right. Don't, uh, go with the herd everywhere they go. but follow your own path.
0: Beautifully said. Dave, I want to thank you for coming on the show. It's been really great just hearing your philosophy and learning some of your strategies. And hopefully that's inspired our listeners to take some action. Um, Now for all of you thinkers out there, what did you think of the show? If you are a feeler, how did hearing this make you feel? And for all of you doers, what are you going to do based on what you've heard? Now, regardless of what your personality code is, My goal is to spread the word that burnout is a unique experience. And by decoding it, you can find solutions that are equally unique to you. Help me spread this message by subscribing to the show on Apple or Spotify and leaving us a review, telling us what you think, feel, or do differently because of the show. And if you're watching us on YouTube, you can also leave me a comment or questions to answer in future episodes. And please recommend the show to anyone struggling with burnout. If you're ready to take the next step with me to DYB, go to decodeyourburnout.com and I'll see you right back here next week. Take care, everybody.